Hello, old dogs. This is your host and top dog, Bill Manicero. Today's show is a special rebroadcast of one of our most popular episodes. I'm introducing the show under the banner, Best of Old Dogs REI Network Podcast. Well, enjoy. In a world where jobs are how most people make money, one man, one desire, one challenge dares to break the mold. Welcome to the Old Dogs REI Network, where we don't work for money. Money works for us. Coming soon, viewer discretion advised. Welcome to the Old Dogs REI Network, where cash flow is king. Real estate investing, the means, so you can enjoy your retirement dreams. This is the show where we cut right to the chase. No sales pitch, no long monologues, just simple how-to real estate investing advice, so you can earn the passive income you need to enjoy your retirement today. And now, your host and chief old dog, Bill Manacero. Welcome to the Old Dogs REI Network. I'm your host, Bill Manacero, and this is a show where 50 plusers and anyone else who wants to join us get solid, no sales pitch real estate investing advice to help generate real cash flow. This podcast airs twice weekly on Mondays and Fridays, and if you aren't already a subscriber, go to iTunes, type in Old Dog, spelled D A W G, find our podcast. And subscribe. Well, I'm going to start this uh, actually with a little trivia question for our listeners here. And uh, as you know, on this show, we've interviewed some of the top real estate investors in the country. And if I were to ask you, because uh, I always ask my guests, you know, what are their favorite books, what books influence them, and so forth. If I were to ask what single book has had the biggest influence on those individuals, what book would you say they would say? <laughs> Okay, if you guys answered Rich Dad, Poor Dad, you're right, because overwhelmingly that's the book that has influenced more of our guests than any other book that has been mentioned. Well, today we have the author of that book, which was a book written over 20 years ago, but is still just as powerful and influential as it is today. Best known as the author of Rich Dad, Poor Dad, the number one personal finance book of all time, Robert Kiyosaki has challenged and changed the way tens of millions of people around the world think about money. He's an entrepreneur, educator, and investor who believes that everyone has the power to make changes in their lives if they're willing to invest in themselves and their education. With perspectives on money and investing that often contradict conventional wisdom, Robert has earned an international reputation for straight talk, irreverence, and courage, and has become a passionate and outspoken advocate for financial education. He is the author of more than 20 books, the most recent of which is Why the Rich Are Getting Richer. Well, uh, Robert, we are really thrilled to have you here. Welcome to the Old Dogs REI Network. 
Well, welcome. Thank you. Thank you, Bill. Uh, I'm one of the older of the old dogs, so thank you for having me on. Uh, <laughs> next year, I'll probably be too old. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's no such thing on our show here. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, uh, Robert, it's a it's just a thrill to have you on. Uh, as I you know mentioned in my intro, um, you know your book has had such a profound influence. Uh, I know me personally as well. I mean, that was the book that that really changed the way I thought of things. And it's really funny because I asked the reoccurring question of our guests, you know, what are your favorite uh, business books, what are your favorite uh, real estate books and so forth. And, and your book just continually comes up. So it's great to have you on. I'm glad to hear that. You know, there's a lot of questions I have, you know, some of them spurred by, you know, reading Rich Dad, Poor Dad or Cashflow Quadrant. But, you know, I'm going to kind of direct it in the area of uh, Why the Rich Are Getting Richer, uh, which is a great book, by the way, a really, really good book. Well, for real estate guys, they love that book. Real estate guys love Why the Rich Are Getting Richer because it's in their strike zone. The stock guys hate it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, no, it's true. It's true. Yeah. If you're one of those pukey people who has a mutual fund and what are your ETFs and IRAs and 401ks, you know why they're rich are getting richer is going to just really fry your gizzards. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't read it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I get trashed by all those stock guys all the time. Oh man! Well, I'll tell you, I, I got out of the market a while back. Here, I just fake, fake assets, fake assets that they are. That's it. You know, I got a piece of paper that uh, actually is actually worth nothing. And, you know, that's why I love real estate investing. I love to be able to go and see that asset and to walk over there and touch the ground and say, I own this, you know, <laughs> it's yeah, something's yeah, it's real. real. It's it is real, real estate, <laughs> not fake estate. So when you set up to write this book, you know, what were you hoping to accomplish? You know, and, and sort of what new information did you want to convey to your readers? Well, in Why the Rich Are Getting Richer is about what really is financial education. And I always attack those so-called educated uh, academic types, you know, who they got a job, uh, they uh, work hard, they save money, they buy a house and call the house an asset. And then they uh, invest for the long term in a well-diversified portfolio of stocks, bonds, and mutual funds. If you're one of those people, you're stuck in what my cash flow game calls a rat race. And it's, it's almost impossible to get out of the rat race, especially in the next few years, what's coming down the road. If you're saving money and investing in the stock market and trying to get out of debt, you're probably going to get hammered. And I've always been kind of a, uh, they call the raven, you know, ravens are birds of prophecy. And I say, we're, we're less than a couple of years away from uh, Armageddon right now. So that's why I wrote Why the Rich Are Getting Richer. And for real estate guys, it's, it's kind of a book with a happy ending. But for stock guys, they hate me. I get trash all the time. <laughs> the common thread that you seem to have in, in all the books is really just the importance of cash flow. You know, the difference between the, the poor who, have, you know, don't really have much control of the, the funds coming out of their pocket and the rich um, who are looking at ways of, of taking that cash flow and you know, looking at it in relation to taxes and, and purchasing items that, uh, you know, that really with tax dollars as a, as, uh, to acquire assets. So what do you really th think is, a, is sort of the misconception that most people have regarding cash flow that uh, the rich have already got a handle on? 
Well, I've been saying this for 20-some-odd years, in that um, financial literacy means understanding the vocabulary and the language of money. So there's six, six fundamental words that every person should know, and it's, it's found in a financial statement, the income and expense, called the P&L, assets and liabilities, and on the third one, which is found on the cash flow game, is a statement of cash flow. So a rich person can control cash flow. A middle class and poor person has no control over cash flow. And the number one single expense in cash flow is taxes. So as soon as some working person earns, let's say, their 100000 a year, you know, like 40% is being sucked right off their paycheck through taxes. Then they buy that big house in Escondido, and that cash is sucked out of their pocket as it goes to the banks. And then they put their money in a 401k or an IRA, and that money is sucked right out of their pocket to Wall Street. You know, if that sounds intelligent to you, you know, I'd ask, I'd ask for a refund from the school department. Oh, that's one of the things I love about that game, and you know, my family plays it and, and enjoys it. Thank we, you. We graduated from Monopoly, you know. You know, is that uh, when I first started playing it, you know, you 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 just pick randomly to find out what your profession is going to be, and and I would pick something like teacher or something. And I, I'd get real frustrated. Oh no, you know, I mean, my you know my uh, my son he got he got doctor, my daughter she got the lawyer, you know. So I'm thinking I haven't got a chance. But what's really interesting about that game is it's really all about choices. And right. um, I you know I've won the game as a teacher, as a you know as a blue collar worker, <laughs> um, and uh, you know just just by really making the right decisions regarding what what to do with the funds that you have correct see the the problem with the poor and middle class they focus on on the pnl or the income statement they want they want more money they want a high paying job they want more commissions they want all that bs you know yeah. but the rich focus on the finance on the balance sheet which is on the left side which is the asset column and so the problem with america today and all over the world is the average person has no real assets in their asset column. And it's full of these fake assets called stocks, bonds, mutual funds, and ETFs, paper, and savings. And they're about to eat lunch in the next couple of years. And that's why I keep writing and speaking, and I keep getting trashed by Wall Street. Yeah, you know, and that's, uh, you know, a lot of the folks that are our listeners, there were plenty of those folks, unfortunately, that uh, had pensions and other things that disappeared in 2008 to talk about paper having no value. And, uh, you know, looking at real estate there is uh, something that is tangible to them that they really uh, can hold on to. It's always going to have value. It's always going to have value. Well, if, I could, if I could say something, you know, real estate can be an asset or a liability, as you know. Yes. And that's why you have to be a real estate professional. For example, I was just in Argentina, and this woman, Spanish woman, very attractive, comes up to me. Says, "I, I you know, I have a lot of real estate, but I'm losing money." And I said, "Well, why don't you sell it?" She says, "It's so the price is so low now." And I said, "So you expected the price to go up?" She goes, "Yeah." And I said, "She would. She did one of those flip your house type deals." Oh yeah, right. And I'm going, "Well, lady." You know, you got to watch out. There's fake money today, which is the U.S. dollar, the yen, and the euro. But there's also fake teachers. And that person who told you to flip a house is only doing it for the commission he gets 
from the flip. You know, he's going to get, he's, he's no different than a stock trader or an ETF guy. He's going to get on the ins and the outs. And so I said, and then on top of it, Bill, not only is she underwater financially because she's hemorrhaging cash, she hasn't paid taxes on it. So now she has a tax problem. Yeah, and she doesn't have income. So she went into the world of uh, real estate as a complete sucker novice. She went to this real estate course on how to flip property. And they said, and she says, but I'm too lazy. I don't want to go look and look for property. And the guy, like an old uh, person, rolls up his sleeves, like, opens his coat and says, I just happen to have some properties here. And she bought a couple of them. You know, mm-hmm. she got so set up. And that's why I say to people, take a real estate investment course, but don't buy the investments they're trying to sell you. <laughs> <laughs> Good advice. Good advice. Yeah. You know, I live in Southern California, as you know. And um, I'll pray for you. <laughs> you know, my poor dad was Stanford, University of Chicago, and Northwestern. But as you know, most academics are poor, so they have to steal. That's what's, that's the tragedy of our uh, education system. Wow. Yeah, but, and a question about that too, because I it's it's one of those um, one of those areas that is a is sensitive to a lot of folks. But really, just looking at the educational system that we have right now, and uh, in the past, it's uh, it, there. There's just that mantra, you know, you you go to school, you get an education, you get a job, you save your money. You know, it's it's just you know the the road thing that we've all grew up with. But, you know, there's a lot of younger people now that are looking at education differently. And they're saying, you know, unless I'm going to be a professional, like an attorney or a CPA or someone that needs some special training, um, I don't really know whether it's even necessary to go to college or, or, or at least, you know, maybe go to get to some basic education in the areas that I might need, especially if, if somebody's looking at going into business. You know how how necessary is it to get that MBA? How necessary is it to uh, you know to get a full business degree? So let me say this, Bill: education is more important than before, ever before. Unfortunately, the whole entire U.S. and much of the world education system is tied up by teachers' unions. And the reason I know that is I grew up in a teachers' union. My father, poor dad, was head of the teachers' union. Those guys are communists. They don't know it. They're good people. But they don't know, they've never studied the difference between Marx and Adam Smith. They don't, they don't know the difference. They really don't. They're good people. And what makes them evil is they think they're doing good. You know, that's it's delusionary. I, you know, so what I, when I asked teachers, I said, do you ever teach kids about the history of money? They go, no, money is evil. Okay. And the, what happens if a kid can't get a job? If they get enough college degrees, they'll get a job. And I said, what about, what about student debt? They said, they'll pay it off when they get the debt. I'm going, you guys are delusional. And so education is more important before, but what kind of education? You know, that's why Rich Dad was 20 years ago. This is financial education. Financial education begins with six basic words. Income, expense, asset, liability, cash flow. An intelligent person can control cash flow. A stupid person cannot control cash flow. So that's why I talked about the soon as you get your check, the first thing that disappears from your check 
It's called taxes. It's gone before you get paid. How you know? Every time I say that, I said, doesn't that upset you? Well, that's I'm paying taxes because I'm a loyal American. I said, no, the rich don't pay taxes, and that's what why the rich are getting richer. The latest book is about it's how we do it. You know, Trump and I don't pay taxes. I mean, legally, the average person thinks it's patriotic not knowing that it's not patriotic. And when people say, well, you're not a patriot, I said, look, I have two tours in Vietnam, sweetheart. And I said, I just don't like being stupid and being taught by school teachers who have latent Marxist tendencies. And they're good people, but they don't know they're Marxist or fascist. That's what really upsets me about academics. And today, the United States is run by PhDs. You know, Grant, uh, Grant from Grant's uh, interest rate observer says, at first the United States was on the gold standard, the dollar, and then we we're on the petrol standard, and today it's the PhD standard. We're run by academics, Bernanke and Yellen. They're academics like my poor dad, and we wonder why the economy is in trouble. They're not capitalists, they're socialists. That's the battle that we're fighting right now, I think, a lot of oh, folks. Yeah. Man, I mean, it's, it's, I mean, when I ask people, I said, when you look at your, your paycheck, where did that money for taxes go? Where does your 401k go to? And that's what why the richer getting richer is about, is I control my cash flow. That means I make a lot of money, I use debt, and I don't pay much in tax. That, to me, is financial intelligence. That's not that stupid stuff about go to school, get a job, work hard, save money. And by the way, Whittier just closed his law school because artificial intelligence is coming along. And as you know, attorneys are full of artificial intelligence, so they have to shut the law school because they don't need them. CPAs are not needed anymore because artificial intelligence can replace them too. Doesn't that upset, that upset so many people, Bill, when I say that? Because people think when I criticize the education system, I'm criticizing the Pope. <laughs> And by the way, Bill, is that Rich Dad just produced a little video with Ken McElroy, my real estate partner, and Tom Wheelwright, my CPA, and it's called A Rich Education. It, it, it compares student loans and 529s against using real estate to pay for your kid's education. So it's at richdad.com. It's coming out in a few weeks or something. It'll, it's eye-opening. What a screw job that 529 and student loans are. But when you compare it to real estate, and Ken McElroy puts his two boys through school with real estate, the advantages are so far beyond the screw job of student loans and 529Bs, whatever they call them. So it's at richdad.com, and it's a rich education. And it's how to put your school kids to school and make them richer, not poor. Yeah, at the end of the book, you mentioned the RDTV. Is that uh, what you're referring to? No, 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 no. No, Rich that's Dad a different thing. Has a little social, which I don't know anything about, but they always ask me to make some commentary. Ah, okay. And I was, I was at the Communist Republic of, um, you can tell I'm a Marine, can't you? But I was, at, I was at the New York Times, and I get into huge fights with the so-called financial editors. So I'm sitting with this financial editor who went to Yale, and I told him how you can use real estate rather than student loan debt to pay for 529-401k IRA, whatever it is, to pay for your kid's college education. And this guy told me I was full of it. So I said, okay. So that was a few months ago, and I came back home, and 
I published, uh, I just put on the website, a rich education. And it compares student loan debt versus real estate debt, because they're both debt. But why real estate debt will make you richer, whereas student loan debt makes you poor and more stupid. So it's a, it's a pretty interesting article, especially for people with college-age kids. or and, and it should start early, like anything else. If your child is like a grandkid is 10 years old, I would watch that video at richdad.com. It's called A Rich Education. It'll be out in a couple of weeks. I don't recommend too much. You know, I just... Um, I just say education is more important than ever before. So if I want to be a medical doctor, as you say, I should go to med school. And the reason I was at Camp Pendleton, California, is because I wanted to be a pilot. The difference is what I learned immediately being a Marine pilot was there were real teachers and fake teachers. And when I was going through flight school at Pensacola, Florida, Camp Pendleton, and then in Vietnam, I realized I would say 80% of all teachers in academia are fake teachers. And what I mean by that is they don't practice what they teach. I remember in, being in Mac when I came back from Vietnam, and I'm in my MBA program, and my accounting teacher, I mean, his eyes, he was so full of it, his eyes were chocolate brown. You know what I mean? I'm going, and I asked the teacher, I said, look, uh, what kind of accounting have you done? He says, I never have. I said, how can you teach accounting if you've never been an accountant? He says, because I'm a teacher. And, and, and that's the problem with academics and education. There is no accountability. Like when I was in flight school, and by the time I got to Pendleton, as you know, the great place, you know, I, I went to a different type of teachers, and these pilots, they were combat pilots, and they had just returned from Vietnam. And they said that everything I learned in flight school from the other teachers was BS. And they started teaching me how to fly so I could survive in Vietnam. And that's when I, I was like 24, 25 years old. And I cognited about fake teachers and real teachers. So I said to young people, you have the right to interrogate a teacher and ask them how real is what you teach. Like my accountant was never a, a teacher, the person teaching me accountancy was never an accountant. He had no real-life, real-world experience. I already had more experience than he did because of my rich dad. And if, if you ask most accountants about my, my rich dad's form of accountancy, which is found in cash flow game and rich dad, poor dad, they'll say that's not real accounting. I said, yes, but it's entrepreneurial accounting, real accounting. And so, ladies and gentlemen, the greatest crisis in, finance, in education totally is we have fake teachers and fake assets. Like, why would you buy a REIT, REIT? You don't learn nothing from buying a fake real estate asset. You learn more by doing the real thing and going buying a little two-bedroom, one-bath house in Escondido. I wouldn't do that. But anyway, you can't learn to play golf from a fake teacher or from a book. But that's what we're asking kids to do. This, this person's a teacher, and this teacher has life and death over you. They can label you smart or stupid. When they're not, they're fake. They're fake. They're fake. They don't do the real thing. So my advisors, you know, have a new book out, by the way, too. It's called More Important Than Money. These are my advisors. Every day, they're doing the real thing. Like Tom Wheelwright, my tax guy, that's all he does is taxes. He doesn't teach tax. He used to teach taxes. 
but all he does is taxes. Ken McElroy, my real estate guy, is a real real estate investor. That's all he does all day long. My attorney is an attorney all day long. They're not fake attorneys. So that's the difference, ladies and gentlemen. You better find out what's real and what's fake. And stocks, bonds, and mutual funds are fake. There's even fake gold. They're called gold ETFs, GLD. I'd buy real gold, you know, Canadian maple leaves, U.S. US uh, silver eagles, and all, uh, gold eagles, and all that stuff. I would go to real today as quickly as possible. That's my best advice I can give people because everything else is fake. Yeah, and that was really what my next question really was just, you know, the folks that can't afford the high-priced CPA or attorneys and, you know, what kinds of things can people do from a practical standpoint sort of change their basic habits that would help them to improve their financial status and their investment strategies? Well, if you read the book Rich Dad, Poor Dad, you, you found out the kiss of death for your intelligence is saying, I can't afford something. Mm-hmm. That makes you a poor people. Poor people always say, I can't afford it or I'm entitled to it. If you don't stop that, you'll never make it. I mean, you may as well pray that Obama becomes Pope. You know, that's about it. I'm not Republican or Democrat. I want people to know. I just know when somebody is a communist or a capitalist. That's the big difference. So the reason I speak and I say what I do is, you know, CYA, take care of yourself right now. Buy gold. Buy real gold. You know, buy buy gold eagles or Krugerrands or maple leaves and start protecting yourself immediately and be careful of taxes because in California, I promise you, taxes on real estate are going to go through the roof. Wow. I, I, I just warn people, Bill, that's all I do. And that's why a lot of times the people don't like what I say, but I, I really in good consciousness cannot say that happy days are coming tomorrow. I'm afraid we're in for one of the biggest financial collapses in history. So go to what's real immediately, which is gold, oil, real estate, good real estate, farmland. You know, go to what's real and watch out for what's fake. That's paper. Anything that's paper, I would stay away from. And people ask me about, you know, Bitcoin and all that. So I don't know anything about Bitcoin. But You'd better know what it is, too, so study it. I think it's a Ponzi scheme, but um, a lot of the younger people don't agree with me, so that's good. Study it. You know, I studied gold when I was younger, so that's the difference. Well, you know, since I have you on the phone, I always wanted to ask you these questions, okay? A couple of real quick ones, okay? And I know you don't give advice, so you may not, (laughs) I don't know how you'll answer, but you talk about, you know, the different types of assets and how folks have always looked at their home, for example, as an asset um, or their car as an asset, but yet you still need a place to live. So, you know, again, here it is. What do you recommend? What do you do? Okay, you're going to buy a home. You know, that's a huge expense. All you can do is maybe deduct the interest on the on the mortgage payments. What do you do with a car? Do you just rent a home? Do you just lease a car? There's six basic words of finance. Income expense, which is a P&I, uh, P&L statement, and assets, liabilities, and then statement of cash flow. The cash flow game has that. If something puts money in your pocket, it's an asset. If something takes money from your pocket, it's a liability. So the key words are cash flow. Which way is the cash flow going? So if you have a job, a 401k, <clears throat> you have no control over your cash flow. So for most people, when I say your job's a liability and your 401k is a liability, they kind of look at me cross-eyed because they don't know how to control cash flow. 
excuse me, there's many rich and poorest middle classes can you control cash flow. So when you say to a kid, go to school, get a job, the cash is going to be sucked right out of their pocket. That's really stupid. To, in my opinion, that's stupid. So the reason I like real estate is I have 6,500 units, none in California or Hawaii or New York. Mm -hmm. And every month, each one of them is putting like two or 300 bucks a month in my pocket. Those are assets. I have four houses. They're liabilities because it sucks money. They suck money out of my pocket. I have a Rolls Royce and a Ferrari. Those are liabilities because every month they suck money out of my pocket. That's really simply it. Which way is a cash flowing? <coughs> Which way is a cash flowing in or out of your pocket? If it's flowing out, it's a liability. So, you know, you have a child, are they an asset or liability? And I tell you, the religious people just go nuts and say, I can't call my kid a liability. I said, well, just look at the cash flow. <laughs> 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 and it doesn't stop that, after the 18 it's either. Not that hard. It's not that hard. So the so uh, uh, like for example, you said you own some houses, so you just accept the fact they're liabilities. Some people would rent, but to me, if I had a choice between renting and buying, I'd still probably buy because at least I'm going to have some equity there. Hopefully, if I don't buy in California. <laughs> but well, I uh, understand the Federal Reserve. Okay, that's that's. Um, let me just be blunt with you right now. Mm -hmm, sure. Be really blunt. The purpose of the Federal Reserve is to incentivize you to borrow and to spend. That's its only purpose. So the reason interest rates are so low is so that you'll borrow something under the illusion that, oh, then I can buy a house because the price of the house will go up or the car will go up or whatever go up. So the only purpose of the Fed in simple terms, again, I'll say it, is to incentivize you to borrow and then to spend. But the trouble is if if without inflation, people will not spend. You see, if the price of the price of housing is coming down. So the right today, 2000, what year are we in? 17. The Fed and the elites who run the system, like Yellen and Bernanke and Soros and those guys, are terrified because asset prices, or what they call assets, are not going up. If the if deflation continues on, the Fed goes bust. So you're hearing it from me. I'm just warning people right now. If the biggest problem with academics is they don't understand the monetary and fiscal system of the United States or the world. So again, I'll say it again. The purpose of the Fed was to incentivize you to borrow and then to spend. But people spend when they think prices are going up. So prior to 2000, everybody in California was a real estate genius. They thought they were Donald Trump. Because prices in California kept going up, so they'd borrow and spend. Got it? Yep. yep. But what happens if the price doesn't – what happens if the price of real estate collapses? Then you have all that debt. So that's what I study. And I'm not a real estate genius and all that. Never, I, was, I have a college degree. It's BS. That's what it stands for. But I understand monetary policy. It's all policy. Notice the word policy is very close to the word police. Got, got it? Yeah. Well, I'll be at the Gold and Silver Conference in New Orleans coming up in a few weeks. So if you really want to find out about gold and silver, it's the New Orleans Gold Conference or Silver Conference in New Orleans. I think it's in October or November, and I'll be there. Oh, great. But look, gold is real money. Mm -hmm. You'd better get real pretty quickly while the price remains 
at this level under 1500 and silver. You better get real pretty quickly. Real estate is real as long as you have a tenant in it. My dad uh, was born in Sutter Creek, California, and he's, yep, it, he, he passed on all these gold, $20 gold pieces to me. And uh, I'll tell you, it's, uh, I, I'm holding on to it. I'm not, uh, not doing anything with that. Well, I'm, I'm buying, you know, when I, in 1972, I was in Vietnam, when, and it was after 71, when Nixon took us off the gold standard, and I was flying off a carrier. And a good thing I flew helicopters because I went behind enemy lines to go buy gold from a gold dealer in uh, Vietnam. And uh, I learned a very important lesson behind enemy lines in Vietnam. The price of gold is the same all over the world, even if I'm in enemy country. Mm. It doesn't make a difference about Sutter Creek. It's gold. Gold is real. And it's going to get more real in the next few years. Mm. And it's the same as real estate because real estate is purchased with debt. Debt is real. The U.S. dollar is debt. And the moment you can understand monetary policies and fiscal policies, you have a chance of survival. Great advice. I know, I know it's upsetting, but that's why, you know, a lot of times I never get invited back. You know, I think it's, it's a reality. We have, to, we have to look at that. We have to look at the basic economics of, of the country we live in here. I don't know if you guys know this, but there was a tremendous transfer of gold from the U.S. to China uh, starting in the year 2000. Yeah. The reason for that. that was to get China to be a dominant factor in the IMF, International Monetary Fund. The reason I know that so well is because China all of a sudden got very rich with gold. The reason they got rich with gold is they confiscated my gold mine in China. I had one of the biggest gold mines in China. Mm-hmm. And the government, the Chinese government took it. So I'm not speaking, I'm not just blowing in the wind like Peter, Paul, and Mary, you know. I'm telling you something, gold is money, real money. The U.S. dollar is fake money. And the moment you can get that shift in your head, you might see that you might smell some coffee and see a different world. Mm-hmm. And so I think call it the New Orleans Gold Conference. It's an old, old conference, um, and it's worth going to listen to these guys who don't trust the U.S. government. If you trust Obama and Hillary and those guys, don't go. <laughs> That's it. But there could be no better conference to go to at this time in the U.S. history because the U.S. dollar is based on debt, not gold. That started in 1971. Yeah, I, I never understood that that move. Uh, to me, it made all the sense. You know, Fort Knox meant something back then. Our dollars, our notes, you know, meant something back then because they were backed up by something solid. Yeah, so. people don't know what between notes and bills are. A note is a con- each dollar is a contract between the Fed and the U.S. Treasury, and they're both corrupt organizations. If you can think of it that way, you'll go to income generating real estate. You know, I have a friend who owns avocado farms in in Panama. He says, I'd rather have an avocado than the U.S. dollar. Please, I'm not kidding. You know, people, I'm, I'm doing my best. Uh-huh. And then when, uh, when in Venezuela, which has collapsed, which is the richest gold, I mean, o- richest oil country in South America, when it went down and Maduro is still there today, the currency of choice, what's real in Venezuela are tampons and toilet paper. 
So if you understand that, that our dollar is fake, that's all I'm doing my best to wake people up to. And the trouble with beliefs, beliefs make us comfortable. Oh, the U.S. dollar, the U.S. government, you know, the Fed will protect us, the Treasury will protect us. No, they can't. The problem is too big. Uh, but this is called the off-balance sheet deficit that people can't see. Mm-hmm. And they say it's $20 trillion. It's not even that. It's now in the quadrillions. Mm-hmm. That's thousands of trillions. A quadrillion is a thousand trillion. They can print it as fast as they want now. You know, the reason I, I, I do interviews, I'm not, I have nothing to sell. But I do, I am concerned for my fellow human being. I don't care if you're American, Nicaraguan, you know, Canadian. By the way, Canada is in serious trouble, and they're our number one trading partner. Really? Yep, 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 yep. And they have the lowest percentage of gold to GDP ratio of, of any country, even lower than Japan and England. Our trading par- partners are weak compared when you analyze our gold to GDP ratios. They're not real. They're based upon socialist communist debt. We're going to pay the we're going to pay the poor not to work, and we're going to take care of them with socialized medicine. It's nice in theory, horrible in reality. Well, uh, we definitely have to uh, have to make some wise decisions today. Life is about cash flow. The average person doesn't even know it's one of the six fundamental words of financial literacy: income, expense, asset, liability, cash flow. So an asset is an asset only if it puts money in your pocket. And it's a liability if it takes money from your pocket. It doesn't get simpler than that. So ask yourself right now, if you stop working, which way does the cash flow? And for most people, it's flowing out of, it's going to continue to flow out of their pockets. That's why they go bankrupt. It's not that hard, Bill. It's mm-hmm. not that hard. Right. And I've been saying this for a number of years, 20 years now, on the rich dad, poor dad. And I'm fortunate we're out of time. I hate to tell you, we're out of time. This baby's coming down. So go to gold as quickly as possible or silver. Get your money out of banks. Be very careful right now. That's, my, that's what I say, and I say it constantly. And that's why I'm not very popular. Yeah, I think you're, you're saying something that is, uh, that's based in fact. I'm telling you, I'm, I'm fairly accurate. I called the 2008 collapse six months before Lehman Brothers went down. You can look at it on my website at CNN. I'm, st- I'm on Wolf Blitzer saying, hey, this baby is coming down. Wolf has never asked me back. Hmm. I was six months ahead of time. I think I'm about six months to two years ahead of time right now. But you have chance. You, gotta, you have to ask help, what's real? What's real money? Is the dollar real or fake? The dollar is debt. That's, that's the fact, Jack. Dollar is debt. It's an IOU from the Fed and the U.S. Treasury, backed by the agreement of the U.S. track taxpayer to pay for it. Well, what if the taxpayer says, "No, we're not going to do that anymore"? What if China says, "We don't want to accept your dollar anymore"? That's the future. That's not fact, but it might happen. And if you're a real estate investor, look at your tax, your state's balance sheets. How much debt is California carrying? In just in your CalPERS, it's a trillion dollars underwater, sweetheart. Crazy. It's that's why I'm out of the Communist Republic of Hawaii as well as California and New York. It's just numbers. It's just numbers. Look at the numbers and you can say, well, you know, Kiyosaki's a jerk, but he looks at the numbers.
Well, uh, thank you so much, Robert, uh, for, for just uh, sharing with us. I think there's a lot of good information for everybody listening here. It's not pleasant, Bill. I understand that. Oh, I mean, we're, we're, we're all facing it. It's a part of our life. You know, I, I think we want to stick our, our head in the sand. I nope. think, yeah, I think we really need to, to hear this. Appreciate your sharing. Well, it hasn't changed in 21 years, so I'm saying the same thing. Yeah. But, the, but time has caught up with what I've been saying. Well, uh, Robert, I know, you, I know you got a cold. You got a, yeah. kind of a rough uh, thing. Better, better run, so thank I, you, Bill. Your old dog, Hal, before you go. Oh! All right. That's what I was hey. looking for. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks, Robert. Have a great day. All right. All bye right. bye. Bye bye. Thank you very much for visiting the Old Dogs REI Network. We would greatly appreciate if you would stop by iTunes and let us know what you think of the show. We would love if you could subscribe to the podcast. Give us a five-star rating and write a review. The more ratings and reviews we receive, the more visible the podcast will be to others. Thank you.